Hi, this is Chris Frazier and Taylor from Norwell Central. I'm from Spear Addicts. We are basically, I say it all the time, I don't know if he does, but we're basically one and the same. Because he stays positive, I stay positive. Everybody else goes pretty negative. We're going to talk a little bit um, about some of the transfers we've already got. Um, but we're, look, the main story to me right now is is uh, this Winston Wright kid. Uh, the returner slash receiver slash who God knows what else he can do, this athlete um, from West Virginia. There's been drama around his name. There's been top threes dropping. There's been – it's um, he's coming to Florida State no matter what kind of stuff. Like, we'll see what happens exactly, but it seems like Florida State's definitely the front runner. It seems like Florida State's probably going to get him, um, if, if it was based off my opinion on what I've heard. And Taylor being a huge source for that for me because – I've heard a lot of things on the outside um, and then on the inside, but then Taylor hears stuff on the outside and the inside as well. So we'll see. But um, obviously I posted a video on Twitter probably like three or four hours ago, and it was a particular play that this kid runs the ball back. Um, And Taylor's going to give some statistics on who he compares to an old uh, FSU alum that obviously killed it on the field for FSU. Um, So we'll let – uh, Taylor give you all of the statistics on who he's compared to, and I think it's a great comparison. And we'll let him give you statistics on why he compares to him so well. Yeah, so Chris talked about the drama with Winston Wright. Basically, just with his Facebook post he had posted earlier, he had a top three schools list of South Carolina, Kentucky, and also Mississippi State. Uh, he actually knows a – he's got a good connection with a South Carolina player. I can't remember his name. He's a cornerback that they have on the roster right now, but – he is uh, very big in the, that South Carolina player and has a lot of connections with their staff up there. Um, recently, he did visit Florida State's campus unofficially because the dead period is still occurring, so they, can't, they aren't able to visit or anything like that right now. So that's one big thing that a lot of these crystal balls from uh, Zach Blaustein and also Brendan Snowen from Knowles 24-7, they both released uh, two crystal ball predictions. So that's kind of interesting, especially this morning when – he hasn't really posted an actual offer yet from Florida State, but he's a very dynamic returner, and he's also a very dynamic slot receiver. So just something to keep up with there. Um, at West Virginia, he actually had 50 kickoff returns for 1,236 yards and two touchdowns, and he had – it was about a 24.7 average. And the one I compare him to, and I'm not saying that he is close to being as dynamic, if you could say, but he is a pretty dynamic kid, but – uh, Greg Reed is who I compare him to. And Greg Reed at Florida State, he had 63 kickoff returns, 1,553 yards, and zero touchdowns during his career at Florida State. He was also a punt returner. Uh, actually, in, in my comparison with him as well, Wright doesn't really punt return as much as you would think. Um, he's really more of a kickoff specialist more than anything. Um, I know that a lot of people say if you can do kickoffs, you can do punts, but that is not the truth. Um, you have to be skilled at both, and sometimes – fielding punts can be a little bit different than fielding kickoffs because as soon as you get a punt return, they could be in your face and you're having to make one step and, and go straight forward. So it's just something to think about there. But I think he's a very dynamic receiver and a very dynamic special teams uh, contributor. And with Florida State's uh, special teams miscues this season, it, it only helps with that. Yeah, I, I, I've been watching quite a bit of film on him, and I just picked that clip because it really showed how I, I call him twitchy. Um, yeah. they, they can really get people to lean one way or the other with just a small movement. 
Um, it also helps that the guy's stature. He, he runs so low to the ground. He remind, The way he runs reminds me of a running back. Much bigger running back than what he is because he's not a running back. But he runs very low to the ground. Um, but he's very twitchy. I mean, his shoulders move one way, and then you see people fall for it, and he's off the other way within an instant. He can really plant his feet and get back the other direction really quick. So with Florida State being in, in such a downfall here in the past few years on returns, um, you know, Michael Pittman's one uh, one of the transfers from Oregon that we see that's going to be a decent punt returner. Um, I hadn't seen a whole lot as far as Micah on kick returns, but I've seen some of his punt returns. Not saying that he's not a great kick returner, but this gentleman seems to be just high up there. He's, his statistics show for themselves. The numbers are there. Um, and, yes, he runs the ball. It's West Virginia. I get that, but it's not like they don't play anybody. They West Virginia, they play a decent power five group here and there. I mean, over the years they've played us. They've played Clemson. They've played North Carolina, stuff to that extent. They yeah, play. Let's not forget, too, that um, he's a very dynamic slot receiver, and I think his freshman year at West Virginia he had about 300 yards receiving uh, about two touchdowns. In his second year he had about 500 yards, two touchdowns or so. And then this year he broke out a little bit and had 700 yards for five touchdowns. So that is something to think about, that it's natural progression – uh, from year to year. Yeah, and, and for the for everybody that's getting in, um, you know, this started and it's obviously live, we're speaking on Winston Wright, the transfer wide receiver from West Virginia, where um, Taylor just dropped a, a somewhat comparison of who he returns the ball like, not saying that he's as dynamic, as agreed, nothing to that effect, but their numbers are very similar to each other as far as the returns is 24.7 yards on average. Um, and like he said, his freshman year, he had uh, just 300 and something yards for receiving. So my question is, is who had the most yards as a wide receiver? And you might know this, not know this off the top of your head, but who had the most receiving yards at Florida State this past season as a wide receiver? If I remember correctly, I think it was Ontario Wilson. Uh, he had like, was like 320 or so. It's not, I mean, his freshman year is not far off from what our best – was this year? No, and Parchman had about 300 as well. Uh, Malik McLean had about 270 or 260. They're all in the same range. I mean, it's it's pretty close. Well, you know, I wanted to um, – I'm, I'm going off of uh, Winston a little bit here because uh-huh. we're, I don't want to leave the, the elephant in the room, the guy that is probably going to bring the defensive line back for Florida State, um, yeah. you know, even from this previous year with us losing Kier Thomas and Jermaine Johnson which are huge losses. And I'm not saying that this kid's going to come in here and fill that loss, but he's definitely going to be a contributor. Um, but with Jared versus commitment to Florida State, if, if anybody goes back and looks how he messed with the coaches, um, like what he wrote, he, he said that he messed with uh, Joe first and then he messed with Mike Norvell, you know, just kind of, you know, he really appreciated how the university supported him and the coach and staff, almost making it sound like he was going to commit somewhere else. So, I like the guy because he's got a sense of humor, and everybody was like, he's dragging this out worse than the uh, a woman playing hard to get. i seen a lot of that. I thought it was funny. But I'm like, why would you not, though? Like, this guy's like the top-ranked person in the portal, regardless of his defense or offense. Why would you not have fun with it? Why would you not play that game? Because everybody else would do it to you. They've done it to you. I mean, you got to look. He's coming from Albany University. Nothing against Albany University, but this young man – probably should have been in a power five program from the start and he had to go a different route for whatever reason. Um, 
So in, in my opinion, you know, he probably was waiting on offers when he was coming out of high school. He was probably wondering where he was going and probably felt like people were playing games with him a little bit. So why not play games back? Why not send all these coaches the same thing? And, you know, before he posted his, his um, committed edit, he, he had posted that he has made his decision. Everybody's reading it. I promise you he's reading it carefully. Where is he going? So um, I was sitting there. I, I literally could not quit laughing because I had already heard where he was going, you know, minutes before he posted that. I, I'd heard that, okay, he's going to definitely come to FSU. And then I'm wondering, you know, with everybody that knew on the inside media part that knew, yeah, he's coming to Florida State, and he posted that. And I, nobody was aware that's what he was going to say. And then he said that, I started second-guessing, well, did I hear right? Well, I've got, you know, a committed edit ready to go. Um, Taylor had his whole thumbnail for uh, YouTube ready to go. Yeah. And I'm like, we're ready. Like, I promise you we're sitting there waiting on him to do it so he can post yeah. ours. We have to make sure he yeah. goes first. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, I was ready to post what I had ready, and he didn't mm -hmm. say it in that con or in his uh, post. I'm like, oh, shit, I can't post it. So I yeah. had – I thought it was very odd, too, with this commitment edit. It really wasn't a commitment edit. It was just a regular, like, post that they usually just do for a lot of, like, mass recruits, and they just send it out, just different picture, different name. Yep. And I think it was the king of tally, I want to say it was the edit, yep. with them sitting in the chair. Yeah, it's just a regular edit that not a lot of people have. And this is what people have to understand. It's different than recruits to transfers. Yep. Transfers are a lot different in terms of that. They just release the content and, and go on about their day. So, yeah. And, and, you know, again, um, if you go back and watch this film, I mean, all you gotta do really is Google Jared verse. Yeah. And it stands I, out. Yeah, it definitely stands out. And everybody's like, was it because of the competition they go against? No, you can watch them get Syracuse that, you know, almost came back and beat us. Um, this past season. I mean, that was a close game. We had to kick a field goal to win it. It was our first win of the season. So he's definitely – the play that everybody's saying is their favorite from him, why he's been at Albany, was where he basically runs down the leading rusher from the ACC from Syracuse, which I don't know his name. I know his number's 21. Uh, Sean Tucker. That guy. Well, they, he runs him down. Okay, so the rumor is is that Jared Verse is a six foot four, 247-pound, just massive beast yeah. that – has like 5.5% body fat. I don't even know if you if you can live with 5.5% body fat, but if you can, he's got it. So all the rumors are steadily circling the guy, and I, I continue to wonder, okay, well, well, how fast is he? Everybody's talking about how fast he is. Then everybody started posting this as their favorite um, play of his, and this kid comes out of the screen out of nowhere, and I'm not talking about from the side. I'm talking about from no. behind, yeah. directly behind him, and runs him down. Um, I don't think he ended up making the tackle, but he tagged him. <laughs> if yeah, backyard yeah. tag, you're it. So, and that's impressive within itself because he's six foot four, two hundred almost fifty pounds, and to run down the leading rusher in the ACC that you know's got jets, you know that kid can run. That's pretty impressive. So there's speed there, and I'm hoping he's a, a dynamic end uh, similar to what. Uh, Jermaine Johnson was because Jermaine, I wasn't always just excited about the sacks that he made. I was excited about how he made tackles that like, you don't know where he came from. He looked like he was making a beat on the quarterback and all of a sudden he's tackling the running back or a tight end that was dropped the ball. Like where he came yeah. from and reacted that fast was amazing. And it seems like Jared versus a very similar player to that. It seems like he'll make a lot of tackles. So it's not just a quarterback sack machine, which obviously that's great. Um, but and he'll he'll have some tackle for losses for sure. Um, 
I'm ready to play Wake Forest with him because he that delayed handoff that they do. Yeah. I'm ready to see him tackle two people at once because he's got the side. Yeah, they are losing a lot, so that is something to think about. Um, also, Bud Elliott from uh, 247 Sports, the national expert uh, recruiting, he also dropped a crystal ball for uh, uh, Wright as well. So just something to think about. Now it's three. So, so it seems a bit odd. I don't uh, Just throwing that yeah. out there. Well, I, I'm going to bring something up that's um... – this is a little bit off base as well. And this is because of kind of this is how it's been happening. So we had posted up um, a post that multiple people had already released about um, Shade Tree, Marvin Shade Tree mm-hmm. Jones, um, that he was inducted into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame for 2022. Well, we posted it, and we'll just say someone very, very close to him writes me immediately and says, call me um, because – Anyways, I, I called the person. And I'm like, yeah, what's, what's going on? And they were like, hey, please take that down. That's not supposed to be released until Monday. Um, this is supposed to be a press conference and blah, blah, blah. Come with the ESPN on Monday. And I'm like, okay, we'll get it taken down right away. But forewarning, War Chant 247, and I was naming people off, have already posted this. Do you want me to try to contact some of them to let them know? And anyways, after it was all said and done, I got back to the person that had spoke to me, and they got back to me and said, um, never mind, uh, someone leaked the information, and it is all over the place. You can even Google it, and it's everywhere. Um, so he, he just can't have interviews until this day, which is yeah. tomorrow. So the thing that made me feel good is, is that they sent it on my Facebook group. Out of all the news media for Florida State, this person sent it on mine. And I'm like, I looked at my wife and I said, did I make it? Is that what this means? We made it? People are looking at mine before they look at everybody else's? And, and, and to this particular person, which means a lot to Florida State and means a lot mm. to Spirit Addicts, um, I want to respect all of the Knowles wishes, whether they be old Knowles, new Knowles, yeah. whatever, current. And, you know, it was instant. All they got to do is ask me and it's down. And I've noticed that a lot of uh, outlets aren't that way. They they they're like, no, nope, I'm taking it down. It's it's the news. I'm you know, and I think that's burning bridges. And I don't know how they continue to get these yeah. stories when literally the people that you're talking about don't like you. So I will say this: uh, with most of the media outlets that they have, uh, regardless of whatever they post in their articles, uh, you know, because they get paid based on whoever clicks on the article, so they get monetized from that. So it helps them if they have to take something down, they're taking off part of their salary basically with that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely understandable. I, oh, it, it is. And I'm not, I'm not blaming those corporations. Because <laughs> they did release some information that should not be released right away. But if they get the information and they have paying subscribers, sometimes they have to feel the pressure of fulfilling that subscribement. So yeah, just something to think about there. Um, well, I'm not taking Taylor's news from him, but before we go on about some of these recruits and transfers and stuff to that matter, y'all seen that I shared a post um, with a certain promo code in it to a certain place that I'm going to let him tell you about real quick while we're in the beginning of the video. That way nobody falls off and you still get to hear about it. So, Taylor, tell them what. Yeah, so I just got accepted as a uh, SeatGeek ambassador, which uh, SeatGeek is basically a ticket service uh, where you're able to do a lot of different things, like StubHub, different corporations do the same thing, but 
Uh, SeatGeek is actually a place where you can go to buy tickets, um, be able to use my promo code to be able to get $20 off of your purchase. Uh, whenever you go to the app or you go on the uh, website as well, you can be able to purchase any kind of tickets there. I'm going to be doing a couple of ticket giveaways uh, probably next season, uh, probably to get a lot more people into uh, Dope Campbell Stadium. But I thought this could be a really cool way in, into being able to get some of those financial burdens off of you. And like I said, if it's a ticket for forty dollars, you get you use my promo code. It's twenty dollars. So I mean, yes. that's uh, that's something that you know could help families going to uh, Tallahassee. I know it's expensive hotel room, so the least I could do is at least at least take twenty dollars off of it. So hey, you know, twenty dollars is a meal. So yeah, that's what hey. I'm saying. So I mean. It, it's it's not cheap in Tallahassee, so I mean, if if you go to the game and you know you're you're trying to get a meal before the game or something, that's twenty dollars can be able to get used to it. So yeah, because I, I can tell you at the games it'll buy you one Bud Light. Yeah, thirteen dollars I think is what it is, or eight dollars somewhere in there. Yeah, ridiculous. But yeah. um, and that's for those that drink the adult beverages, but the chicken tenders, uh, the dinner is like thirteen dollars as well. So it's yeah. not like you get a whole lot for twenty dollars, but I, I can tell you that uh, it's a lot better than getting nothing. It's not like you're getting five dollars off or ten dollars off. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars, in my opinion. Yeah. And obviously, I think you could probably use that promo code for other things if you're like huge on yeah. uh, the fucking Foo Fighters or whatever. Because yeah. I think a lot of that. Well, could will this work on this so and so? Yeah, it'll work on anything. It's anything. Dollars off of SeatGeek. So yeah, I mean, if if you want to go to a Florida Gators basketball game at God. Ugh. But I mean, if it's, oh, if it's $20, you can get $20 off. I don't endorse it, but if if, uh, if you use my promo code, I'll, I'll be it. There you go. If you use Norville Central for a God. Gator. Uh, well, Miami fans are delusional, so, you know, they they will probably do it. So, so how, like, how bad do you think we're going to own Hard Rock this year? Do you think we're going to beat them by more than three points? Well, considering how many Twitter uh, people I had in my mentions when I had uh, Norville, uh, you know, basically stomping uh, crystal ball in a locker, you know, I, I thought that, you know, they would understand that going to a bowl game is so important to them. But Bobby Bowden has more bowl wins than them since 2007. So, and he's no longer with us. So, I mean, that's, that just tells you where Miami fan base is. So, yeah, this comment is Jesus, Lawrence. <laughs> Appreciate it, Lawrence. I really appreciate it, man. And I have been drinking less Coke's asshole. But anyways, so do you, so we obviously need an offensive tackle. Yes. I mean, that's like apparent. Like, we have to get one. Um, obviously, it's going to be in the transfer portal. It's not like we can get somebody that's not ready to go or can contribute right now. So is there anybody on your list that has entered the transfer portal that we may go after? Because I really um, – on Twitter, which you know about. Only one that I really know of that we're, I guess, going after is the one from Virginia, the 6'10 kid. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He did visit um, the last weekend before the dead period hit. Um, very surprised that nobody really reported on it because it's kind of hard to miss the 6'10 offensive tackle. So, um, But personally, like, like you were talking about before, we have to get another offensive tackle because at this rate – I really think that probably Bless Harris is probably going to be our right tackle or Darius Washington, depending on if you want to put either one at guard or tackle. I think right. Darius is more along the lines of a guard, and they want to put him at that guard position. And I think the way you put in Bless Harris, he's got two years remaining. He's already been through college and had that experience. 
and you're hoping that he can step in at the right tackle position. He's played left tackle too, but I think Robert Scott, if he's healthy, is better at that left tackle position. And we're, we're pretty much set that we know that Lyles is going to be our center. Yeah. That's, that's pretty okay. – And you know Gibbons is going to be a guard. Uh, <laughs> really, those two positions are basically solidified. And I'm not saying Murray Smith is a bad player. I'm just saying that he's at about 275 right now. He needs to gain a little bit more weight. Lyles only has one more year of eligibility remaining. So, could give him some time to be able to get in there, get in the strength and conditioning program, get up to about 290, 295, and then be able to do that. So, you know, I, w- I was being asked um, yesterday and today so far is like who we're pressing on or who – I've released a thing about there's a certain guard that's going to get released. It's going to enter the transfer portal. And then I was asked what school it was and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. well, I can say what school it is. I had to make sure I could. Notre Dame is a school. Yeah. The offensive tackle is coming from. Mm-hmm. The wide receiver that I was speaking of um, is from Auburn that is everybody's anticipating to enter the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, I can't say who they are, but yeah. I can say that's the teams that they're coming from. And, you know, it went from hinting, hinting, everybody thinks I'm trying to get cl- – I don't get anything for you clicking on what I say. Yeah. I get nothing. You can click on anything that I post, and I don't get a dime for it. Certain corporations do. Certain corporations. Not going to name corporations, but, yeah. Certain corporations also send you text messages, and they charge you 99 cents for each one of those text messages. And you don't realize until your phone bill hit, and you've gotten 37 fucking – text messages about BS from BS news content about BS that you can see for free. And you paid $37 for it because you're completely just don't pay attention. So be careful on these things that you subscribe for, even if it is a texting thing, because they will charge you. You, They don't make money for nothing. Like these are bigger outlets. They need to make money. Like they have people to pay. There's content people they have to pay. They have to pay themselves. Some of these people have this as their full-time job. Believe it or not, this is what they do for a living. So be careful on what you sign up for. Um, be careful who you trust. Uh, and I'm not knocking them for what they do because you're accepting the terms when you say, yes, text me. So, I mean, read the terms. I know that everybody just clicks on stuff. It's like, yes, except I'm not worried about it. It's just a text message. Who gives a shit? Uh, well, it's a particular type of text message. So, yep. it's, um, and I'm not naming them either because I think they do decent at what they do. I just think they should be a little bit more upfront about what they're doing. Like, hey, this might charge you. I will I will say this, uh, and not a lot of people, like I said, look at the terms and everything. Uh, message and data rates may apply. So, I, I'm just, I mean, it's right there before you click on it. So, I mean. And that's not always necessary or, or nece- necessarily your monthly plan. That's not, okay, you yeah. got unlimited text, unlimited data. That don't have nothing to do yeah. with who this is coming mm-hmm. from. Yep. So th- th- this might be charging your company, like who yeah. you your your platform as far as Verizon, T-Mobile, AT and T, whoever you use, yeah. and you're going to get charged because they get charged to let the text message go through. So you're going to pay for it because you want it. You agreed to it. But move on to um, um, what's his name? Uh, Tatum Bethune. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on to what this kid brings to the table. And are we after before we get to him? Are we after any other linebackers in the transfer portal? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if a just you know bell ringer comes out, we'll go after him. But if that's not the case, are we really sought after another one? Yeah, I personally don't think so. Um, Bethune is 
been a very, very experienced tackler. I think he had about 112 total tackles at UCF uh, last season. So just something to really think about. Um, he's not super quick in coverage. He's still got to learn a little bit there. And I think that's going to be his, I guess, his downfall. Um, but Randy Shannon is super high on him. He's been recruited him when he was the defensive <laughs> there at UCF. He's got two years remaining, and I think it could be a situation where you bring him in and Stephen Dix Jr. and also Omar Graham Jr. are able to kind of sit back and learn a little bit. Even DJ Lundy can sit back and learn. And hopefully the three you got there with Amari Gaynor, uh, Tatum Bethune, and also Kaylin Deloche, I think can be those three contributors earlier on. And it also forces to where Florida State doesn't have to run those nickel sets with five defensive backs. So that also helps. Yeah, um, I, I do want to take this time to give a shout-out to a young man that is a 2023 prospect. He's a quarterback. His name is Tyler Jefferson. He has been to Florida State. He has been offered by Florida State. Um, and, yes, he is a quarterback. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, push, from what I understand, from like Taylor told me earlier before we started the actual video. It's not like uh, Florida State's went after him real hard. There's just a lot of questions in the quarterback room right now, in my opinion. Like, do we take two in the 2023? Do we take one and pull one from the portal? Do we stick with who we got and go with one? Because Duffy's coming in, then you got Rodemaker, and then you got obviously the starter and JT. Are we are we sticking with those three? Me personally, there's no way in hell that I'm sticking with those three. It, my backup is not going to be a freshman that has not even got wet behind the ears yet. The hell with that. So. Are we pulling from the transfer portal? If we don't, I'll be surprised. But right now, I see no heat toward any quarterbacks for Florida State in the transfer portal, and I don't personally understand it. Yeah, I'm just uh, – which Tyler Jefferson, I've talked to him a bunch too as well. and You know, he's a little bit – he's a left-handed quarterback, so that is something you have to kind of monitor. You have to scheme your offense around but it. Nico was. Yeah. Nico was a left-handed quarterback, and you, he was dead set until whatever yeah. fell through. But – and, I mean, you, you have to realize when you're scaring going to the right, they have to turn their shoulder all the way over just to make a throw. And, you know, when you're having to go across your body like that, you know, things can't happen. So that's the thing that you have to realize. It's the same thing with the right-handed quarterback scrambling to his left. You have to turn the shoulders all the way around and make sure that happens. But uh, just personally, I, I'm, I'm in it with Chris on this one. I, I definitely think that Florida State needs to kind of pursue a quarterback going forward there. Um, I'm not saying that Rodemaker is not a bad player. I think he has tremendous arm strength. I just don't think he's put it all together yet. And I think he could be a guy that maybe you can put in junior, senior year, and he contributes at a high level. He's a coach's son, so he takes a lot of things to heart. A lot of people may think, oh, well, Mike Bell is going too hard after him. No, he can handle it. Um, his family is uh, season ticket holders. Talked to him several times. He's, he's a really nice guy. But um, – yeah, I definitely think that if, if Duffy can kind of get into the program, like he is now, he's already enrolled in January, uh, getting that sense of comfort in the offense. Tony Tokarts is already there working with him, making sure everything's going there. And they've already sent him video, you know, looking at the play sheet, everything like that. He's already trying to get acclimated to the offense. He really is like a sponge uh, to a lot of things. You know, he, he really learns to the offense and wants to learn more. You talked about those Under Armour camps that he was at. You know, the coaches were all raving about him because he wasn't one of those kids that just goes to the sideline or makes a mistake. He actually comes to them, understands what he's doing wrong, and really loves the game of football. So I think he'll be a tremendous backup for us, but I, I do think that we need to have another option because I don't think Duffy can necessarily be ready because I don't really 
believe in true freshmen being completely ready because even Jameis Winston had a redshirt freshman season. Jacob Coker had a redshirt freshman season. I mean, there are guys that, you know, need to develop at a high level. And even Francois, when he came in, was a redshirt freshman. So, I mean, there's a lot of options there for Florida State going forward. I know that they aren't really pursuing right now, and we're trying to find that ready-made backup, I guess you could say, and you're trying not to hurt feelings. But at this point, I mean, if it's a clear upgrade over Travis and you believe in Travis, I mean, you have to trust that he's willing to fight for this program, be in this program. So, like I said, the transfer portal is a, is a wicked game. I understand that. And everybody wants to leave at a, at a moment's notice when everything isn't going well. But Travis performed well when his back was against the wall. So just keep that in mind. Uh, they brought in Mackenzie Milton thinking he was going to be a clear upgrade, if not just a leadership skill capacity, and it worked out well. Travis outperformed his expectations. So just something to think about. Yeah, Milton definitely made the quarterback room better. There's no doubt. The experience he has, the knowledge of the game, he definitely made it better. And it definitely caused Jordan to really compete harder for that position. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need that outside competitor to make you compete at your best. There's no doubt. Um, I'm going to kind of take this question away from Lawrence uh, from YouTube. He said, "Y'all, do y'all think, is what I think he's saying, do y'all think that Gantt should go to a linebacker? If Gantt does not transfer – Gant just needs to figure out – he needs to figure out how to wrap up when he's in. And to move him to linebacker, I'm worried about his tackling ability, to be honest. Um, I, and if you leave him where he's at, I'm worried about his coverage ability. So it's not that he's not talented because he definitely is, but I don't know if the answer is to move him to linebacker. I mean, we moved McKnight in that correct yeah. linebacker, yeah. and he's having he's having trouble wrapping up. We're having problems with tackling uh, in those positions when those guys were moving to linebacker. And the other thing is, is now you with bringing in Bethune, um, obviously you still need depth at linebacker because you just had that other kid. I um, can't remember his name, but he just hit the transfer portal that was a linebacker. Eubanks, Eubanks. Yeah, Jordan Eubanks. Yeah. So you definitely need depth at linebacker, but with you having Amari Gaynor returning, you have um, Bethune, and then I think um, – I think the standout player to me this year on defense, especially in the linebacker, who really improved was Deloach. So with yeah. those three guys, I think it's real hard for Gant. That's that's a hard room to get a position. You know what I mean? Like to Yeah. So I don't know if the answer is moving him, um, but that's up to him what he does in these camps and what he does yeah. moving forward. So really right now, you're looking at the safety position because my, my two safeties that I have that are probably going to be starting this season would probably be Robinson and Dent, probably because Dent played really well at the back half of the schedule. Um, I know he's had a little bit of issue at corner, but once they moved him to safety, primarily he was able to really contribute at a high level. You know, you got guys like Sam McCall that just arrived at Tallahassee this morning, and he's the five-star signee that we had. Azrea Thomas, another four-star fringe five-star talent that we added this year. And you got a guy like Sidney Williams that got hurt, you know, that he's able to come in. And then you also got a guy like Shaheen Brown that had the really big fall camp there. And, I mean, that's not even to mention McClellan that they've already had at the safety position and Renato Green if he can ever stay healthy. So, I mean, that's, I mean, eight or nine guys right there that you're thinking about. And you're not even including Gant in that situation. Now, I mean, if you go to the linebacker room, I mean, like I was telling you when we were breaking down the linebackers, we have probably six capable linebackers now. Uh, is he really going to see the rotation there? And with his tackling ability, where he's missing a lot of 
tackles. I understand he's a big hitter, and you have to be as a safety coming up the middle. But does he really break the needle at linebacker? Does he solve any issues? And I don't think he really does. I mean, unless he gets up to 230, 235, he's at about 215 right now. So you're going to have to do strength and conditioning, train him to a whole different position, and then you're trying to figure out where he's at. I just I don't think it's a smart investment for Florida State to go forward there. I'm sure Gant loves Florida State, and he's going to stay there. He may uh, – I don't know. He could transfer out, but I think it could be a situation where he plays rotation-wise. Maybe he gets in a little bit. I, I like the fact that they rotate out their safeties and corners. So it could be a situation where we're playing nickel sets and he's able to get in the game. But just right now, I think that wouldn't be a smart idea for him to be a linebacker. So here, here's my next question because I'm going to kind of uh, – I'm going to kind of use part of this uh, question that I see up here. But – Will Jarrell Powers be the next Nick O'Leary at Florida State in the future? Personally, I may, there's potential there. Uh, but it's it's not really a, more of a Nick O'Leary because he isn't really a hand-in-the-dirt, in-line blocking tight end. He's more of a Cam McDonald. So if we're just being honest, I think he could be a better version of Cam McDonald because he's more proven. He's been at that position for a very, for at least a very long time now, at three or four years at tight end. He played a little bit of outside receiver. Um, they moved him as a tight end, I guess you could say. But I also think that there could be a situation where Johnny Wilson, a wide receiver that we got from Arizona State, they're not going to call him a tight end, but I think he could be utilized as a Kyle Pitts type situation i hate using the word kyle pitts because he comes from florida but very good comparison for what i think Johnny hey, Wilson can be. don't don't worry too much because my trolling for florida miami yeah. and the rest it's coming very very soon in this video i promise um so i definitely agree with taylor my my answer to the situation about Jarrell powers being the next nick o'leary was no he's not really the next yeah. nick o'leary but he will be a upgraded version of mcdonald because he's a, he's more proven at that position. Again, like Taylor said, he's been there. I don't want to continue to, to reiterate because my answer is almost identical. But you know, if if we're gonna go to the uh, if we're gonna go to the Nick O'Leary kind of thing, I think Brian Courtney could have that potential as a tight end. But I also, if if you want to talk about somebody moving a linebacker, there could be a situation there. Also, defensive end. Wildcat quarterback, if you need an emergency quarterback, you're, you're talking about needing there. So I'm just saying that Brian Courtney can play a lot of different positions, and you'll be hearing his name a lot in the in the next couple of years. Yes. I, I Again, see, so he, there you go, sticking the words out of my mouth. Y'all can't tell that we talk or we think the same, then there's, you know, just pay attention because I, I – he's just a lot more subtle about things. I, I've actually got him to pull out of that shell a little bit to actually call people out. I've seen it here and there. I'm moving yeah. my hands. Y'all can't see it, but I'm pulling it out of him. Just yeah. getting it out of him. Over Man, that works pretty good, seeing how you're on that side of it. Anyways, so here's my trolling that's going to start with Miami and the Gators. Oh, gosh. So there's a meme that has came out where, you know, the person's beating the hell out of the other person, and they've got the logo of Florida State and Miami on it, and the Gator kids back there. Oh, I saw that earlier. Yeah. Because supposedly, you know, let's start here. Miami just got prime time. With Kevin Coleman Jr., everybody was pushing that that kid was going to go 
to Miami because yeah. Crystal Ball went there and he was high on Oregon, blah, 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 blah. He's going to Miami. You know, we had Miami fans on Twitter. My, y'all think Miami fans are bad? Go to Miami fans on Twitter. And that's also the worst fans that we have. And I, I use Twitter a lot, but the fan bases on Twitter, I call them Matlocks. Oh, okay? they're so bad. They're Matlocks. They literally, if you spell something incorrectly, if you put a fucking hyphen in the wrong spot, I mean, Jesus Christ, It what? We're going to drag your page through the dirt. I'm like, okay, well, drag that son of a bitch alone, then I don't give a shit. Go ahead, drag that motherfucker right behind you. Because guess what? You're still talking about me. So as long as you continue to talk about me, I'm steadily going to get people paying attention. But we'll go back to the Miami fans. Taylor said it. He said, watch. Once um, these Miami fans get riled up, they're oh, going to yeah. say that Kevin Coleman is not a take. He's not somebody that we really wanted. He's not that great. He's this and he's that. He's not a Miami material type wide receiver. That's what they always do. They always do that. Every time. It doesn't matter if it is. And, and I got a lot of flack on it. So I just – eventually I delete stuff like that because Miami's not in the back of my mind. I could care less. I, they don't have an ACC championship, and they haven't been relevant in 20 years. So – I mean, at the end of the day, you just have to do what you have to do with certain things. And you have to troll those Miami fans on Twitter because if you don't, they're going to say, oh, well, he's not a take. Florida State didn't get anybody that they wanted and different things like that. I'm not saying they were in on it for Jared Verse. I'm not saying that. They were a little bit. They had you know some ties there a little bit. Miami offered later in the process. But Kevin Coleman was definitely a Miami player that they wanted – they had a coach from his dream school at Oregon, and he went to Miami. I didn't think Miami had enough juice to be able to secure him unless they got a visit on the very last weekend, and they did. And Miami was very confident where they were in the, in the standings. And their only comeback, whenever they were able to not get Kevin Coleman, and he went to Jackson State because you know Travis Hunter did the same thing, but they crucified us for that. It gets more published because Travis Hunter was the top recruit, and it was Florida State, which Florida State's not really liked by a lot of the mass media. And, you know, their only comeback was, hey, you know, we we got to a bowl game, but you didn't play in a bowl game. And the other thing was is we picked up Cyrus Moss, which is a 6'2", 215 defensive end that will probably never play at Miami. If he does, he may play by year three or year four. I just don't understand it. Oh, I, I understand it. I understand it. Miami fans are absolutely delusional creatures that have – they can twist whatever story base that they need to for it to fit their agenda, whether it makes any sense at all yeah. or not. They, they're like living in the twilight zone for real. For the young people that don't know what the hell the twilight zone is, please look it up. But the, the, so the Gators, first, first we get the, the, the clash back from Miami for us getting prime-timed um, with them taking Travis Hunter. Well, now they've been prime-timed by uh, Dion as well with them taking Kevin Coleman away from them. And now they got this damn meme out with the Gator kid taking a picture of basically Jackson State kicking the shit out of Miami and Florida State logos. Yeah. Uh, last year, didn't Dion didn't he prime-time y'all first? Didn't he take an offensive tackle or something from you guys? Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure that's what happened. So the first team that got prime time was the Gators, and that was last season. Now this season, okay, fine. You take Travis Hunter away from us. I like Travis Hunter. 
I know the kid decently. I've talked to him enough to know about him. Yeah. I think he's going to be a great – he is a great high school player. He will potentially be a decent, if not great, um, college player. But I hope he's able to do what he sought out to do because I want the kid to succeed regardless of where he's at. But when you're already fighting, you're undersized. You you don't have NFL measurables. Hell, you don't have college measurables at this point. Yeah, You were in the Under Armour game. You wasn't talked about besides your TikTok videos and your dancing. Um, not taking away from the kid's talent because he is hell of talent. But mm-hmm. he is. Gonna, it's not like he's work free. He has to go to work. He has to gain more weight. He has to get bigger because right now he's undersized. It's a fact. Um, will he start at Jackson State? Absolutely. Would he have started anywhere he went? More than likely. But were you going to see flaws from him because now you're playing against? the best talent in college football every weekend? Yes. Do I think he's a, as good as a Jalen Ramsey? I don't. I never compared the two. I didn't think they yeah. were comparable. Um, and I don't know if – somebody else said, how do we lose the next – how did we lose the next Derwin James to Jackson State? That is not the next Derwin like, – stop talking. Yeah, I will say this, though, um, because now Jackson State has – Malachi Weidman, uh, Tennessee recruit, uh, was formally committed to Florida State, flipped to Tennessee on signing day, and he transferred to Jackson State. You're able to get Travis Hunter, another capable wide receiver. Uh, for Barstool or not, he's there. Then you also have Kevin Coleman, which is another situation. And now you're rumored to possibly even get Julio Skinner, which is a whole different ball game. If who, uh, he's able to get out of his letter of intent. But who's throwing to him? Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. And it, if you really think Sanders is going to be the quarterback to throw to them. That ain't Dion. He ain't uh, yeah. He's and, and I don't think, quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, he's not great. But he ain't good. <laughs> no. He's not even good. Dion, I love you, man, but he, your son ain't popping on much on that quarterback position. It's just a fact. I mean, there's a reason why. You know, I, I give it to him. Dion and them, they did it. They did what they needed to. They didn't win a championship, though. But they got there. All right, good. You know, and, and Taylor, I don't know how you feel about this situation as much because, you know, they, they took all these recruits, right? He got Kevin Coleman. He got the Wideman kid that you're talking about, Tennessee, whatever his name is. Then he took Travis Hunter from us. All right. Great. You're taking top talent. Good for you. Good job, dude. You're doing your job. And someone said, are we ever going to start kicking ourselves in our own butt for not hiring Deion Sanders as the head coach? No. No, the hell no. Only because you can get recruits that are top at that time. It, you have to be able to coach them. This is the yeah. story that has not been told yet. How will they develop? Yeah, that's the thing with him is – Florida State was not comfortable with hiring someone that has not ever had coaching experience, ever, and hasn't even been an assistant coach anywhere. And Florida State was not going to take that. On top of, if he did well, if he did poorly, you're not going to be able to fire him. As an image at Florida State, it's a bad look. And Florida State took the cost and analysis with a lot of the situations that were going on and decided, hey, it's, in, it's not in our best interest to go that route because we need an experienced coach that will be able to get us back on top. And, yes, if Deion Sanders walks into a room of a kid's parents and they see, hey, 
it's Deion Sanders. You know, he's going to win some of those recruiting battles because obviously he's Deion Sanders. He's one of the best players that have ever played at Florida State, if not the best. Yep. And when you have a situation like that, of course he's going to get commits. But can he absolutely develop that talent? And I just don't think he can. Yes, he had a great season at Jackson State, but if they ever convert from an FCS to an FBS, I'm a little worried. So. I'm a lot worried. I'm a lot worried for them because of, of the close games that they did have with FCS schools, just, just on top of – you're not proven yet. Dion's a proven player. Dion's a proven um, – you could say influencer. You, you can say stuff to that, to that nature. His name holds merit. Don't get me wrong. But that doesn't mean – that's like saying, all right, well, I'm going to hire the president of the United States to be my heart surgeon. I don't think nobody's doing that. Like, I don't want the president that has no fucking experience cutting on hearts, cutting on me. So, no, I don't trust him no better than I do Jimmy John over off the side of the street to cut on my chest. No, thank you. Um, What I will say is, is should we have ever taken Dion as a coach? Not as a head coach. I think Dion could be a hell of a DB coach. I think yeah, Dion could be a wide receiver coach. But that don't mean you can be a head coach. So, but Dion don't want them with that HC job. He don't want. Yeah. And I think he was kind of highly offended whenever Florida State said, "Hey, you might be able to get an off the field role, elevate yourself up to a DB coach eventually." But you know, there, there's too much of a liability in that situation. It's easier to fire a position coach if you're not doing well, and we've all seen it. I mean. A lot of people criticize Ron Dugans, and he's a former player at Florida State. Coach Odell also got a former player, was also criticized at Florida Chris State. And, I mean, it's it's a lot of situations where you're looking at this and you're like, oh, well, he's a former player that's not really executing at a high level, and we'll, we'll cut ties with him. But as a head coach, and you've already seen it with Willie Tagger, we have two more years to pay for him. You just cannot afford to do that anymore. Nope. And, and you know, Here's the great thing, guys, and and I'm I'm high on the new AD myself. I think Mike Walker's going to be great. I'm high on the president that we hired for Florida State. I'm, I'm high on both of those guys. They both come from one hell of a background of building up programs, and that's professional levels. That's, I mean, the president comes from Harvard. I, you you got to be a smart sob to come from Harvard. So they know what they're doing. It's not. And it's not like we're hiring second class here. We're hiring the top guys that we can get. You know, and everybody five years ago was like, well, our problem is, is our athletic director so-and-so needs to go because he doesn't know this and he doesn't know that and he's doing this and he's doing that. President so-and-so is a piece of, you know what, he don't. So we got to change. We got to get guys in here that can do what's right for Florida State as the university goes, not just yeah. this area. Well, now that we're doing it, we're still bitching. Like now we're hiring the people that need to be hired to fix the situation from the inside out. And you still got Florida State fans going, we need to win 12 fucking games. We need to go for the yeah. – God, calm the fuck down. Just hold on a minute. Like, you literally just went from Jimbo Fisher with being one of the – if you can't tell he's one of the best recruiters in the nation, just look at this year. He's got the number one recruit recruiting class in the nation. It took him spending $30 million to do it, but he did it. Yeah. So – we don't have $30 million to spend on recruiting. And if we do, I'd be pissed if we spent it. Now, we are a pretty high recruiting spending base because some of those events that we've done do cost a lot. And I, I think we are in the top ten. I believe we're at seven or eight. But we're still half the amount of money that is. I think it's like $12 million or something like that. It's 15 if you was to add like yeah. everything up. But yeah. it's not $30 million by no means. No. 
I mean, and that's a private school. That's a private college. So Jesus Christ, like they have money. Okay. Yeah. It's known. College Station's full of money. Because yeah. I can tell you all this. Go to College Station, Texas. There's absolutely nothing else there. Like these people live at that stadium because there is nothing else to do. So okay, I, I'm not saying Tallahassee's got a million things to do, but the state of Florida has a million things to do. And College Station's out in the middle of nowhere of Texas, and there's nothing else to do. It's a college town. That's all there is to it. So, um, kudos to Jimbo Fisher. He's going to get the number one recruiting class. Blah blah blah. What's right. he going to do? Will he win a national title? I don't think so. He's still in yeah. The it's hard to do in the West. And I mean, the West, yeah. the SEC just says, you know what? Let's just scrap divisions. Then maybe. But. Yeah, exactly. But you know, now you're bringing in a what Texas A&M had one good win this year against Alabama. Hooray, yeah. hooray, good job. Jimbo Fisher's the first assistant to ever beat Nick Saban. You hear about it. Guess where Nick Saban is oh, yeah. Tomorrow he plays for another national title. What did you really do? What did you really hurt? Ooh, nothing. And so, I want to say this about a certain comment, because I know a lot of people were talking about this uh, with the NIL situation. Uh, Saban was actually asked about the situation and basically said, you know, if, if we continue to go on this NIL track and not have any regulations – there's going to be uh, one particular team that's going to be uh, dominating college football. And he's not basking in his own glory, but I will tell you this. If, if there's no regulations in IL, he will take full advantage and he will win every national championship if you let him. So he's just forewarning people because he's done the same thing with the playoff system whenever they try to go to 12 teams because he understands that there's not going to be a difference. If you add 12 teams in there, we're still going to be in the national championship discussion as long as I'm here. And it's just prolonging the inevitable. And you're basically – this is Alabama sports talk, but I am saying that Nick Saban is a very uh, prized coach, and I will say that he does a really good job at Alabama. And I think that if you keep catering to what he's doing, Alabama will probably not be stopped until he retires. So, no, they won't. They won't. And you already got to worry about that with their with, before NIL. You still had yeah. to worry about it. But now you're saying, look, I'll put it this way. I've betted against Nick Saban once in my entire life, and that was when Auburn was playing them to come play us in the national championship in 2013. Yeah. And that's just because that's who I wanted to see in the national championship, not because I actually thought that Auburn was going to beat Nick Saban. That's just who the hell I wanted to win. Yeah. Um, I did too. So I betted against him once. It worked out in my favor. But there's been, I don't know, four or 500 games that he's coached in that I have never bet against the guy. Well, he showed up to Indy in a leather jacket. Y'all got me fucked up if you think I'm about to bet against that dude right now. Yeah. I've never seen, I have never seen Nick Saban wear a leather jacket ever. Ever. Not once. He shows up to Indy, gets off of the plane, goes to the press conference, and bam. Homeboy is wearing a Fonzie fucking leather jacket. If you want me to bet against him, homeboy just showed another yeah. other Hell no. He about to whoop Georgia's ass. Y'all, y'all I'm telling you, it ain't going to be – I ain't saying going to blow him out. But y'all think there's going to be a yeah, difference? Yeah, I, I think it will be closer. Um, I'm not too high on the Vegas two-and-a-half Georgia. I thought it should be more of a pick em or Alabama maybe favored by two or three um, because I do think it's going to be probably a field goal. Maybe a touchdown game if, if they're lucky. I don't think Georgia's going to get in a situation where they're – down too much, but Bennett will do okay against him. I don't think he's going to make the costly turnovers that he had. Um, but yeah, I think it's thirty-one twenty-seven. To be honest, I think Bama wins by that's, four points. That's about right. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, opposed to that. 
I think it'll be a good game, though. Uh, it sucks having to uh, watch it from your living room uh, instead of actually being at the game and, and having your team represented there. I do think Norvell's just on the right track. I, I, the A lot of things that I see with the transfer portal is Mike Norvell's got eight transfers. And, yes, it is great to have a couple of these transfers in here. And he did add a couple that were redshirt freshmen that had three years remaining. So there are a couple of experienced uh, guys that you're bringing in. But you have to build it from the foundation in with recruiting. And, of course, you can't just keep putting a Band-Aid on the program. Eventually, you're going to have to get homegrown talent. And right now, he doesn't really have a lot of seniors and juniors on the roster. So Yeah. Um, so here's my question. You buying that we win six wins at least next year? Yeah, when you when you posted that uh, question or the poll, um, that was a situation where I thought, as of right now with this current roster, now if we add another tackle um, and possibly another backup quarterback just to make sure, but primarily a tackle that's a surefire starter, I, I think six or seven wins is, is attainable. All right, so here, here here's my thing. I think with us playing Duquesne this year, yeah, I think that's a win. I think with us playing uh, the Raging Cajuns twice this year, mm-hmm. those are two wins. Y'all know who the second Raging Cajuns are, I hope, by now. Yeah. The Florida Gators, they have, like, literally pulled every assistant that they could from yeah. Raging Cajuns. They, their head coach is from the Raging Cajuns. Yeah. They've got a quarterback and a damn running back from the Raging Like, so literally, you're playing Raging Cajuns 2.0. Yeah. So, me personally, there's two, two of your wins right there. And then you go and play, let's see um, – it's better to say what three games I'm worried about, I guess. We're going to beat Miami. I'm, yeah. I don't care who Crystal Ball is as a recruiter. There's no way that he recruits well enough this year to finish it off, which is not much left for him to do. You're not going to recruit enough guys to beat Florida State this year. I don't care for playing at Miami. I, I don't. He's not that great of a, a in-game coach. He's not terrible, but he's not great. He's a hell of a lot better recruiter than he is a coach. Yeah, so, I agree. I see us beating Miami. Who am I worried about playing? I think Clemson still has a little bit of talent over us. I don't think yeah. that they're great, but they they started playing a lot better. After they beat us, they started looking a little bit more like Clemson than they have in the past games before that. So Clemson's going to be a, a toss-up for me. I, I don't know if we're going to beat them, but I see us going 8-4 and four at least. And the, the reason I say that is because – we got two, three gimme games this year. Where last year I didn't see two or three gimme games. I seen one because I thought those would be close, but yeah, losing to the gimme. Yeah, I mean you got to think about this. That I mean, you're playing LSU, so that's basically a toss up. If you want to say it's a toss up, you got Duquesne, so you know that's that's an automatic win, basically, as far as we know. You know, people can win at the Jacksonville State game and go to that route, but. You, you play Georgia Tech this year on your on on the coastal side. Collins is not a very good coach, and that roster is not good at all, and it's probably going to be a bottom-tier ACC school. you got Syracuse that you have to play. They're going to be down this year, especially after Tucker leaves and everything. And They don't really have great uh, talent on their defense. Their defense is below average. Um, then you got guys, I mean, like Boston College. They're losing a lot this season, so you're hoping that that can go a little bit better. Uh, Wake Forest with their seven-year seniors they have, they're going to lose some guys there. Louisville is another situation. We, we've had a couple of instances where we haven't been able to close the deal against Louisville, even though this year could be the possibility that that happens. NC State, 
we play them at NC State this year, so that's always something we have to worry about. It could be a toss-up game there. NC State's not losing a lot. No, and NC State is a very, very veteran team that is – Dave Doran has them rolling right now, especially in recruiting as well. Um, just overall, I mean, Clemson, you know, Florida is always going to be a toss-up because of a rivalry game. Miami's always going to be a toss-up because of a rivalry game, just how the instants go with a lot of things like that. And you're looking at LSU as the toss-up game. The rest of these games are winnable. I mean – That was with four losses then. You sound like me. And, I mean, that's that's – I think you would be favored in every other game, but Clemson, Florida, Miami, and you know NC State possibly. So four, and then you you should be favored, but I don't know if this team has enough in it personally for to to beat teams they're supposed to beat just yet. Because I still think, like I said, we're we're going to probably be in the lose small situation. So you get to a situation where. You know, one of those two games turn into a toss-up. Maybe you lose by a field goal. Maybe you win by a field goal. That that's a situation where, you know, we'll, we'll have to so you definitely think we could lose two games we're not supposed to. Possibly. I mean, it, it's not like it's six not like six is your safe bet. Yeah, six is basically my safe bet. Um, I think eight eight. games. Yeah, and I don't think Florida is going to be this good this year, uh, personally. But I do think if Anthony Richardson stays healthy, should be a situation there. And I, I do transferring though, in my opinion, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't personally think that they would go with Emory Jones again, considering how that train wreck went last year. I hope they do. Uh, but you know, like I told you in the season preview, Anthony Richardson should have been the starter from day one. And you saw what happened when he came in the second half against Florida State was able to generate enough offense and able to get through there, but... The reason I was so high on Emory Jones is because I knew what he could do in practice. I just can't believe the kid can't take what he does in practice and put it on the game. And, I mean, the good thing is, too, is we play Clemson at home. We play, you know, Florida at home. We play LSU in a neutral site. So, I mean, of course, that's going to be there. We play neutral site. New Orleans, that's bullshit. Yeah, and also, if you want to bring up this as well, uh, Michael Offer was talking about how... um, he kind of favors the home and home series instead of the neutral site, neutral site. And I totally agree. I mean, that brings a lot of Tallahassee revenue and it also brings the opposing teams revenue up as well in their city. So I just think it's a kind of a weird expense. If you're going to new Orleans and then you turn around and go into Jacksonville uh, the next year, it just seems a little bit odd to me. And I just, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think they should benefit both from their economies. And I just think that's the best thing for both of them. It's to go that way. Okay, so here's here's a question with like somewhat your your safe prediction of six and six. Mm-hmm. If we go six and six, do you see Mike Norville being on the hot seat? No, uh, I think as long as he makes a bowl game, he's not on the hot seat, in my opinion. See, I agree, and you've been in the spaces, the FSU spaces, and everybody's like, if we don't win at least eight games. Mike Norville's getting fired, Damn. dude. Y'all I disagree, and I don't. Agree. I think a lot of people are talking about the, uh, you know, how you want to go from three and six to five and seven to. Seven and five. They want to keep that two-win trajectory up, and I don't think it's realistic. But I do think that we brought a lot of talent back, and I think six wins is safe. Uh, don't necessarily think they have a warm and fuzzy feeling with six and six, but I do think that it, he is safe with six. I, and six. I think it was. I think it was huge to get Jamie Jamie Robinson to come back. I agree. That to me is huge. And, and you know, adding verse and then adding um, Tatum. 
And then, you know, the potential of adding these three wide receivers that we got, is it is it me or am I crazy? Because I think that the top wide receiver week, after really paying attention to size and ability, I think the guy that we got from Illinois, the one that's least proven, could end up being the breakout kid. I agree, and I actually think he's got the most potential out of all of them. I think Johnny Wilson, the biggest thing with him is just going to be drops. I don't think he's going to have a ton of targets at Florida State. I think he's going to be like a Greg Reed, like I said before. Uh, he gets targeted in the red zone, getting targeted on third and third and long if you need to throw a jump ball up to him, whatever the case is. Uh, but Deuce Fan has the ability to turn it upfield, and he's averaging 24 yards a catch. Yeah. That's pretty impressive with, you know, they call him big play span, and there's a reason why. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to be on kickoff or punt returns or anything like oh. that, but I do think he's going to be a dangerous slot receiver, can play on the outside as well. Um, just give him a slant route. Give him, give him anything. Give him a go route, and you'll see him go to work. So, Yeah. Hey, when was the last time we did the video? Was it a week ago? Yes, I think so. Because you, you grew back quick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We came back for it. I said, what do you do? I said, what do you do? Go super glue the shit back on? I said, I just seen him, and it was all gone. So, uh, no, yeah, yeah. I had the baby face last week. That's cool, though. I mean, it grew back quick. That was good. He, yeah. Y'all, look, it, it, I think most men get it. I shaved my whole face probably third or fourth game this year yeah. at Florida State, and I seen it, and I was on a video. I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's not happening. Like, so, what do, you um, think, what do you think Florida State has to do to get more than six wins? Personally, they have to get at least two of their four. But if, if they get right, Junior. If they don't, they have to get at least one out of the three to contribute at a high level. And I think that's going to be Pittman. I think that's your situation that you're going into and you're banking on Pittman to be there. But it's not like last year where you're banking on Parchman and that's the only receiver you've had. A lot of people criticize Dugans, but the thing you have to realize is he got Malik McLean, he got Joshua Burrell, and he got Destin Hill. And Destin Hill didn't enroll, and Burrell got hurt with an ankle injury. So the only thing you really had to prove from last season with the receiver position was Malik McClain. And you brought in Parchman, but he was a summer enrollee. He wasn't a, a spring. So you're blaming that on Dugans, but Dugans basically brought in, you know, four wide receivers, and only one of them really showed up. I guess you could say two. But if you want to say 500 yards total is showing up, uh, yes, 4th and 14 was a very big conversion, and Parchman was able to get a huge catch there. But it was not enough to say that he was a, a major contributor at Florida State. And I think he was a failure for Florida State in terms of culture, in terms of mindset, in terms of production on the field. I just don't think he was that great of a receiver. I think Florida State took a chance on him, should have took a chance on another receiver. Knowing what they knew about Destin Hill early in the process, they should have been able to get another wide receiver transfer in. And here's the thing. What we always talk about is how the staff has a plan A and a plan B. They were able to get, since they weren't able to get any receiver recruits, they brought in three transfer receivers. You say, wow, man, that's a lot. You're going to push other receivers out. No, you're not. You're going to have other options in there. If Ontario Wilson doesn't do well, if Keyshawn Helton doesn't do well, because they are multi-year starters at Florida State, haven't done a thing. And, yes, they practice well. Yes, they're good teammates. Yes, they know, you know, everything about the uh, good things coming, but 
you just have to realize that Florida State's trying to make the best returns for their possibilities that they have right now. And right now with, with uh, Jared Verse, they have 86 scholarship players. So, of course, one player's got to leave for them to be able to get those full allotments uh, down to the 85 scholarship limit. And there's going to be more attrition. Don't, yeah. don't worry. There will be. Um, and there's going to be more transfers they bring in. Uh, it'll probably be maybe three or four more transfers they bring in. They're wanting to be able to let them enroll by January. And the uh, drop ad date is going to be on Monday at 11.59. So that's going to be kind of the deadline that Florida State's kind of having to meet with. Uh, you're hoping that Antavius Woody gets his stuff together. And you're hoping that he commits uh, and actually signs on the dotted line. Hopefully he doesn't go to the junior college route, but we'll see. Um, but, yeah, Florida State's done a really good job with a lot of things in, in their transfer room. The only thing I had a question about was the Jamie Vance thing, but the more and more I look at it, the more and more I really like it versatility-wise. I think he's got three more years remaining. So he's somebody you can build off of. I just thought it was a need that you didn't really need to address right now. Um, but they like what they see on film. He's very close teammates with Destin Hill at Endicar High School, and he can maybe build a little bit in that Louisiana connection there with uh, David Johnson. So, Yeah, Um Man, I I personally don't have anything else. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, of course. He, he was going through some. Y'all can look at the the weather span because I'm not saying where he lives, but yeah. he was going through some tornado like watching morning shit. So he was like, oh, I don't know, might wait till seven thirty to do this kind of thing. But I was glad that it passed. Then nobody was hurt, from yeah. what I understand. Um, y'all all stay as safe as possible. Remember, now we got the damn flu rona out there, whatever the hell that is. Y'all just... I haven't heard that one, so... That's, you haven't heard that shit yet? Oh. No, I have not. Well, Dude. I mean, you know, when you when you go on the news, it's not even about the weather anymore. It's No. Yeah. So, I just... Yeah. Yeah, check it out, for real. They're, they're serious. It's <laughs> They're seriously calling it the flu rona. Um, but anyways, y'all be safe. Be careful. Stay, you know, take care of your family. Don't... Don't do anything to jeopardize the health of your family. Oh, uh, and like I said, I just got on the uh, on your Facebook page. I posted a couple yeah. of things. What I can't remember what day that was. Like yesterday, day before yesterday, I can't remember. I, I posted a couple of things when I was just. I was like, well, I might as well post a couple of these edits that I had just sitting yeah. there. So, yeah, I'm trying to get slowly into different platforms. I've uh, flirted with YouTube and got a video. I got to go uh, do out tomorrow about some of the transfers, we kind of outlined what I was basically going to say in, in the YouTube. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got, really. Well, y'all go check out, you know, as usual, I say it all the time, y'all go check out all the platforms that we're on. Because believe yeah. it or not, we do have different content on each one. I, I literally can tell you I have stuff on Twitter that I don't have on Facebook. I definitely have stuff on Facebook that I don't have on Twitter. And I guarantee you Instagram got shit on that I don't have on either one because I don't do the Instagram. My wife does it. Yeah. I, I don't know how Taylor and her do that shit. Cause I'm just like, yeah. I try to click. Look, here's the biggest thing: you can't add a fucking link. Yeah, that's well, you can, what you can. Um, and I just learned this the other day. Um, apparently, I can. I don't know if it's because of my follower limit, but I used to not be able to do it. Um, I've been putting links in like my my stories and everything. Now, I don't know if that may be a new update. I don't. I don't really know. We'll, we'll try. We'll see. I suppose, but. Yeah, I just noticed it the other day, and I included a link to like a video or something, and it worked. So I, I this is the first time I've ever seen it. So 
All right, well, we'll try it out. And so maybe I'm maybe I stand corrected, but I don't do Instagram, regardless if the links work or not. I ain't doing it. I will say uh, I may have some information on some NIL stuff coming later in the week. Uh, yeah, I got some information on that, so I may I may share that later in the week. Still, still working on the uh, logistics of that. Um, kind of getting to the situation with Florida State's new NIL programs, trying to get with that. Um, but, yeah, I'll have some more information on that later in the week when I get more clarification. Well, we'll definitely – for for the fans out there that love Florida State and for the fans that like what we do, we will do our best to keep you updated on every possible scenario of what we can do at Florida yeah. State to, to help better this university at, at all costs. Because, um, you know, i, I seen a, uh, an edit that was put out by Fox Sports that said that we were – like the 23rd least passionate fan base, and that's bullshit. I don't know who came up with that and who found it. must have been a fucking Ohio State or Miami alumni. For some reason, Ohio State hates us, and I don't know why I could get I don't get it. I can tell you Kirk Herbstreet has finally started saying good things about Mike Norvell and Florida State, but shit, it only took him 33 years of his career to finally say one good thing about FSU. And maybe because we whooped his ass when he came in. I don't care. But – I'm tired of watching all these big outlets take shit away from Florida State and what Bobby Bowden, Mickey Andrews, and the Chuck Amatos and, and the, the players when you go to Deion Sanders and Chris Winkie and Peter Ward. Quit trying to take away from what these guys have done. Yeah. Like, quit pissing on – or quit pissing on our Cheerios, you bastards. Because eventually I'm going to throw the fucking bowl at you. And it's just irritating. I'm tired of people hating on – it's 2022, and we still got people hating on Florida State just like it's 1993. Yeah. It, it's fucking annoying. Like, yes. we throw out the least amount of hate. That's why I feel so good about throwing hate out toward Miami and Gators and Clemson and all them because they have done it for years upon years upon years. The class act of Bobby Bowden being over the top of the fan base at Florida State for the majority of us keeping our mouth shut because we let our talking be done on the field. Well, I ain't on the fucking field, so I'm going to run my mouth because that's what the rest of them do. And now y'all done messed up and gave social media out here to, to loudmouth like me. I promise yeah. you, I'm going to run your ass. Just let's go. Because y'all can, whatever you want to bring up about Florida State, I got a rebuttal. Let's ride with it. You better not be a fan of nobody because if you're a fan yeah. of anybody, I got something on them. But yeah, they're just, they're crazy. With that, we're all Knowles. They're not, so they don't get it. Whatever. Um, I appreciate everybody coming on and watching, listening, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, please go check out um, all platforms from Norvell Central, all platforms from Spirit Addicts. Please subscribe to the YouTube pages. Please subscribe to the um, podcast. Please subscribe to whatever it is. Come follow the group page. Uh, just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I love the fact now that I can post up some eyes and some damn arrows yeah. and everybody goes nuts about it because and I don't do that just to do it. I do it when there's something about to happen. I don't I'm yeah. there's no false content there. So I do appreciate the people that do follow. I do appreciate the people that are um boosters at Florida State. I'm glad to see that the booster level has has risen over some odd thousand now. Um I'm proud to see that. I'm glad that people are giving. Um continue to give, do what you can, make this university what it's supposed to be. Y'all have a good night and go knows. Go nose.